1: Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chapel. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to
2: the Built Your Network podcast. Carla, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. And one of the things I really think is interesting about entrepreneurship the last couple of years is that people are doing things that if you ask them in kindergarten, what do you want to be when you grow up? They wouldn't have been able to say app developer, a software creator. They wouldn't even be able to fathom that we're on a radio show recorded live from our houses right now. So what did you want to do when you were asked that question in kindergarten, then going into middle school and someone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was the answer you were giving?
3: I just wanted to be on stage. That was hmm. it. So, like, I grew up on a farm, middle of nowhere, and uh, I saw the only women really that were crushing it were like Dolly Parton, <laughs> you know, like right. these country singers. Cause I was out like on a farmer farm, and that's
2: or Dolly Parton, you can be one of those. Right.
3: Two. Valley looked like she was having a good time, so I was like, "I want to get on stage. I want to do that." And then uh, Carol Burnett was another mm, one. I don't—you're probably yeah, too young yeah. to remember her. Yeah, so she was on stage, and I just thought, God, and she made people laugh, which was yeah. even better because uh, yeah. I, I I can't hold a tune worth anything. So I'm like, well, maybe I can make <laughs> people laugh, and right. so that's what I wanted to do. But you know, that's not practical. So mm-hmm. the practical thing was let's see what kind of career we can get into. Well,
2: I I know it's a tongue in cheek thing now for you to say, you know, that wasn't a practical idea. Was that something that was fed to you from family that was around you in the town you were in? Were you told like, kind of keep your feet on the ground, you know, stick around and try to find something that's.
3: I don't know. Not, not at that age, Hmm. not at that age. Right, because who cares? I got a lot, right. got a lot of years to brainwash his child. <laughs> so, but definitely, once I got into high school, and you had to decide what you're getting going to do after high school, and yeah. I was a little bit of a rebel in high school. Mm. So my my counselor told me I need to get into the military because I wouldn't like. There's nothing like otherwise I'm just going to end up in jail or something.
2: <laughs> right, so, right,
3: you know. <laughs> <laughs> a very encouraging counselor. So I almost ended up in the military, which mm. is crazy.
2: Yeah. 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 It's amazing when you're a little, little kid, you're the sky's the limit. You can be anything. you can be the next president of the United States. And then like the minute you hit like seventh grade, it's like yeah. the ceiling comes down. It's like a four foot tall popcorn ceiling. <laughs> like you stay right here. You know, you didn't go the route of the military. What was kind of the path that you went? What seemed like the logical route where you tried to find some fulfillment early on?
3: Yeah so the logical one was I was I wanted to be a lawyer because again that's all I knew right from TV women could be lawyers too. So, uh, and I got to wear fancy clothes. So, um, so I wanted to be a lawyer, but when I went off to school, you know, my counselor wasn't too far off. I was pretty, I like to hang out with rock bands and I was pretty punk and didn't really go to class, didn't know the purpose of it. And so I was about ready. I was so close to dropping out hmm. and a woman from Japan who was an exchange student said, why don't you go study overseas? Cause you're hanging out with all the foreign exchange students Mm -hmm. anyway. Cause I found them really interesting. I'm like, are you crazy? I have no money. I'm like blunking out. I've never even been on a plane. I don't speak any other language. I barely speak English. Well, and uh, I ended up studying in Germany and thank goodness I did because that that was a turning point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, travel something i talk about all the time cuz i've been lucky to get to to travel to a lot of different places and it's something that you can't you always hear people say like it's a perspective changer you know and you always hear people say oh it was it changed my life you know going to this country and you're you know you're like yeah yeah you went to you know somewhere for you know this long and but it really is like it's hard to describe the impact that going overseas can have on you like just getting outside of your own border can be a big game changer how did it affect you and what did it do to your perspective especially going you know at a young age like going in that college age exploring yeah. and, and getting to see things you would never seen before
3: yeah there is a few things one was like I learned how to speak another language fluently and so German
2: I'm assuming yes right? okay I didn't know if yeah, you went well- to Germany and learn Spanish <laughs> or something you know
3: yeah. Learned, and I learned all sorts of party tricks that Germans do. You know, like anyway, I won't even get, opening up beer bottles with a fire lighter. With the I was going to yeah. use the German word anyway. But what that did, learning a foreign language and like taking the trains around Europe, said, okay, I did that. What else can I do? Mm-hmm. And I never had that before. Yeah. It was always the opposite. And there was a second thing where I had family over in Germany and my uncle said to me, you're really smart. And I never had somebody say that they, it was wow. always again, the opposite. You're, you're failing. You're not doing the right thing. All yeah. these things. So yeah. So that really just changed everything.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I noticed when I was looking into some info on you, one of the things you ended up doing, cause it's interesting hearing growing up in a small town being told you can't really accomplish many of the things either directly or indirectly. I think we all at least indirectly are told that like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Maybe verbally will say that's nice, but also. We're not going to put any push toward that direction whatsoever. But you know, reading through your your bio now, I mean, you've got your MBA, you've worked for the Pentagon. I mean, it's bizarre hearing these early moments. So, how do you go from the sky's the limit, you know, to here's this very clear ceiling? To literally, you know, pursuing what for many people is a dream, like that's like the big goal. Like they want to get to this point. How how does that happen?
3: You know, they used to, my nickname in college was Crazy Carla. And Mm. I never knew why people did, like, why are you calling me that? And I didn't realize that I would just do things that people would consider crazy. Mm. To me, they were just like, oh, why not? Why not try it? And so I think because I had that sort of maybe stupid, maybe brave personality that I would go out. I would just like load up my Chevy That had 250,000 miles on it, had no way of making it to California, but heck, I'm going to go and just try these things. And I think that's what landed me in situations where um, interesting opportunities happened out of those. Yeah, no, it it
2: obviously can open a lot of doors taking those risks, you know, and people always talking like entrepreneurship, like taking the jump, you know, or leaping yeah. out of the nine to five or jumping out of whatever, maybe their family would, you know, cut them off if they went and did this path yeah. or something. Yeah. And I'm always curious, like there's that calculated risk. And then there is that just kind of like, let's go and jump and try it. You know, obviously now things look really good. You know, you've got a lot of success, but looking back, is there any regret to just jumping and trying things, you know, and being less calculated? Just let me try this, try this. Like, do you wish you would have gone about it in a, in a more strategic way?
3: You know, I think the only regret is so my children are adopted Hmm. and because of my reckless personality, I didn't, adopt children till later in life. Mm-hmm. And I, and it was because I didn't think I had the personality to, or the steadiness to raise mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And like, I couldn't even keep a plant alive, <laughs> let alone like kids, are you crazy? So, yeah. but to my surprise, I'm a really good mom because maybe because I'm a little bit crazy. So I wish I would have started that earlier. Cause I would have adopted like any kid I could have. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was, I was curious your answer to that because, you know, I, people have two different ways to look at it. They look back and have the regret of, oh, if I would have done this, I would be here now. You know, I've got the success, mm-hmm. so I'd be here. And then there's the other people where, which I think is probably the more balanced approach and, and maybe the easier way to look at it at some level is, you know, every step kind of brought me to where I am. So like all the failures, all the, you know, all the lessons, but, uh, was curious your answer on that. Um, I, yeah. I want to talk about what led to you launching your first app uh because when i when i was again reading and you go the first woman to launch an app just mm-hmm. sounds wild first of all you were doing this in 2008 so this was still a relatively a relatively new thing talk to me a little bit about where your life was at this point uh, cuz i know that this was a extremely difficult period for you what Motivated you to start the app? I know you mentioned seeing Steve Jobs holding up the phone was a big first, you know, big shock to your system. Uh, What led you thinking to say, you know, this is a path for me?
3: So I tried entrepreneurship. I was living in London, working for Microsoft for quite a while, and uh, ended up not working for Microsoft, working for myself. When you make that leap, when your phone stopped ringing. Right. And, you know, it's a totally different world. So I was working for myself and I was just bleeding all the money that I made with Microsoft. So my confidence of having my own business was pretty low because then we moved to the U S failed business behind me. I was uh, depressed because my dad had suddenly passed away. I had all this stuff going against me. I I think like all that recklessness suddenly caught up with me Mm. and started a gratitude journal. I don't know, just saw that, try that. I was super lazy as well. Like, okay, I'll do that. And it worked to my surprise. Mm. It worked. So that's how I created the app. I'm like, this is so simple. Why isn't everybody doing this? So I created the, I decided to create the app. So it was like, I don't want to code this. Who can code this? <laughs> and tried to find the programmer and found a guy. And he started, I gave him like everything I had left. From my little bundle of money. And I said, Can you do this for me? And he started it. Then we had a few meetings. And then he was like, You know, apps are going to be applied by the night, sort of thing. They're going to be gone by next year. Right. Yeah. No
2: fad. Can... Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I had him telling me that, like another guy who ran a web agency, like all these people saying, Just don't. And I'm like, Okay, well, I'm going to find somebody. Cause I got to get, like, I had this idea of just one person using like one person, mm-hmm. come on, just one. And finally got somebody to develop it a great guy in India. And we put it out there. And back then there was no Facebook. Well, there was Facebook, but it was just for universities, no Instagram, no mm-hmm. YouTube, like just Twitter, in Twitter I had about 10 followers. In the day that it launched I had like 200 followers. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy." Yeah. So it just kind of snowballed from there and really I mean like what a great decision to try like not to listen to those people.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, mean, again, it kind of goes back to that question of like trying new things. And and this is something, you know, every time a new app, because again, it's interesting, like looking at the state of things now, how quickly. Things have changed to where, you know, you go from the, I forget what all the time distances were, but from radio to television was such a long mm. gap from television or, uh, you know, from television onward was a gap television to the internet, internet to this. And and now you have not just new apps or the possibility of doing apps, you've got platforms, you've got, you know, TikTok, you know, coming in and then you've got all these other things. Now we're talking you know, we're talking about the metaverse and all these things, which again, people are kind of laughing at and going, you know, this is not mm-hmm. going to be the future. And, you know, it's it's another question because you see these things come. Some do fail, some don't, you know, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are have seen wins by being first there. Like you, you in the app world, you were one of the first people there. Um, that obviously helped with success paired with being a good idea. You know, when you look at new things like say the metaverse, or you look at new things that are that are coming around. Do you think it's smart for entrepreneurs to jump into those worlds head first and see if they play out? Or should you have some kind of strategy and say, you know, let's see. Let's see what this looks like or wait a little woman. bit. You're like, jump in. No, but yeah, I'm, like, I'm jump asking in. the right what one because I want to know right? your perspective. Jump in, yeah.
3: jump in man. Like, here's the thing. Here's what I think. If it is fun, if it's interesting to you, if there's a curiosity there, jump in. I mean, mm. I don't know if you were like me, but I was all in with Clubhouse. And mm. the thing was, is there was all this chat about NFTs and Clubhouse. This was like a year and a half ago and nobody else was talking about it. And I'm like, wait, what is this? I never heard about it before. So it interested me. I didn't care if it was going to take off. It interested me. Mm. And oh, by the way, it also took off
2: No. Yeah.
3: So yeah. Yeah. And it might right. be like, I am a probably for everyone that took off. I probably have a hundred that didn't. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, if the one takes off enough, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
3: so, Correct. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: mm-hmm. I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about your newest app. Um, and, and as a podcaster, you know, it's yeah. something that really, I mean, it makes sense to me it makes sense to push this direction tell tell me a little bit about it and you know kind of what the goal was what sparked
3: that yeah so it's a private podcast platform meaning members only get access but it's a little different than some of the other ones out there there the other ones out there are kind of geared towards high volume podcasters Mm -hmm. podcasters with lots of downloads, but what I've created is just something for people to get their message out quickly, a training, their expert out quickly without the tech and the videos and the membership sites and all those things that tend to hold us back. So the reason I ended up getting into audio is by chance. So I had this app gratitude journal, Mm -hmm. and then I had a, a challenge that I would invite people who got the app into. And, uh, it was 21 days, pretty long, but, there's uh, there was a woman who joined it and she said, look, I'm not going to watch those videos. I'm not going to show up. <laughs> I'm not even going to watch the replays. I know this, but would you just pull the audio and put it mm-hmm. on a Google drive? And I'm like, sure, I'll do that. Whatever it takes. And she popped up a few days later after I gave her the audios. And she was going live in our Facebook group and she was saying, look, I just binge listened to everything. And I'm like, we deserve to be grateful. And her whole mindset changed because she mm-hmm. binge listened and she hurt she talked to her son. She said she went to her son and her son confided in her that he was planning to commit suicide that Mm -hmm. week. And she said, had I not binge listened, he, I wouldn't have been the person he could have laid down. Now they got him help. He's fine. They went on. like the cool thing. is, like, they went on to save other children's lives or other teens lives. So it's awesome. But what hit me that day is just the power of audio. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going all in on audio. I'm going to have it with everything. Then my high ticket program started filling up mm-hmm. because people were completing the course. They were saying things like, "I'm addicted to listening to you." How? Where do I? Find, oh, I need more, right? So that was a big surprise. So hey, I got the solution. I'll have audio. I'll get you know everything was going fine. It was a pain to create those that audio product every month because there wasn't a platform out there. But it's okay. It was worth it. Then COVID hit, and my kids at home. Crazy trying to do these sort of meetings and conversations with my little five-year-old, like loading up the uh, Nerf gun with cream cheese and shooting it all over the house and things like, I don't know, it was just chaotic and not very professional. So I decided to close down my coaching program and focus just on making the software that I wished I had while I was coaching. So that's where Hero came from.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What, one of the things I've noticed with, you know, podcasters and and I mean, even myself, you know, I, I work on the show. I've got two of my own. We're getting ready to launch another that I'm involved with more on the production side of it. And, you know, so I'm behind microphones all day and it's easy to treat podcasting as your another social media outlet, you know, it's a place to put out free ungated content. That's going to, you know, basically add value. So they'll come and then buy your course, then they'll buy your video series, your coaching, whatever that is. It's ironic right before we did this, I had somebody in our Facebook group that was asking about gated audio content. And it's something that, you know, I've never ventured into, you know, aside from having some, you know, extended episodes or something or an early release to somebody you know, the idea of doing it is just completely new to me. So, you know, when you look at a podcaster who's doing it, like, should they be creating like a free podcast and then having like a premium version of it? Is it something where they should be leveraging it as their course delivery? What would be the best use for someone who hasn't stepped in this world? Who's going, I'm terrified to put this behind a paywall because getting listeners for free seems scary. Uh, Trying to get someone to buy in would be a very scary stuff
3: yeah right yeah so the content that you put into a public podcast is significantly different mm-hmm. than the content behind a paywall because the content behind a paywall probably is a system or a process mm-hmm. or something where people people will binge listen or you'll drip it out or maybe it's part of like a Q&A coaching session or whatever so there's a significant reason why they would want to pay for it they're going to get more yeah. value right? The other thing is, is thinking about who your listener base is. So for me, it was a lot of working moms that didn't have time to watch the videos. So Hence
2: podcasts, yeah.
3: Yeah. right. <laughs> and they love it. Like, and there's certain people that just, well, m- most people, everybody learns better when they're in, in an active state moving around. Mm. So if they're listening to you and walking their dog, they're going to retain more than Mm. if they're just sitting at their computer. And so there's a lot of benefits for having it be audio. What I would venture to guess, if you're making podcasts, if you're a course creator, if you're a coach, you probably have premium content just sitting around on a hard drive that could be making money right now for you as a low ticket offer or as a lead magnet, something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's super valuable. I was, I, I just wanted to get clarity as far as like who it would be best before. And, you know, yeah. we've got a lot of coaches that listen to the show and it's true. I mean, even with, uh, we just ran a pretty large course last year on video. And that was one of the things, uh, it was like great content but I wish I could just listen while I'm on the treadmill instead of having to go Mm. click to the next video or watch through. Um, So it's super valuable. Look, before we jump into our kind of random round at the end here, uh, for someone who is going to get started with Hero, what's the best place to do that? You know, how do they get signed up uh, and kind of take those first steps?
3: Yeah, so I always like to, as a course creator, I know there's a lot of steps that you like to take before you release. So if you go to hero.fm, H-I-R-O, H I should say that slower. I R O uh, dot F M. Uh, you can sign up for free. No credit card. Get everything set up. And then you can start promoting it to your group and adding listeners and uh, whatever plan you feel is best for you, go ahead and select one. So if you want a little bit more handholding and want to know more, like, well, I've got stuff on the, my hard drive. I'm not sure what to do with it. I do have workshops and courses and events where live events where I'll coach you through what I have seen other people do and what I have done myself to leverage audio.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. If you're listening, go to hero.fm and go check that out. Uh, but for now, we're going to move on to our random round. Uh, just some really quick questions uh, with some quick answers here. First off, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why?
3: Oh, who you know? Because what you know ain't diddly if you don't have anybody to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> perfect.
2: Perfect. <laughs> what profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
3: Oh, what profession other than my own? You're Gonna laugh. I think it would be interesting to be like a nun up in the Himalayas.
2: Okay, that's a new one. <laughs> yes, um, <I> know, right? <laughs> um, that's funny. So you went from Dolly Parton to so a nunnery. Kids. That's a yeah, that's a I think jump. it's
3: just the sleep. It's like Peace oh, and probably Sleep in, yes,
2: <laughs> that's funny. Uh, if you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk with them for an hour, who would it be and why?
3: Uh, I think it's John Lennon. I kind of, I don't know what about, he's just a creative genius that I think I kind of missed. He passed before my time. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, how do you like to learn best? Uh, I'm going to take a guess and say it's probably podcasts, but books, blogs, podcasts, uh, videos, what's your favorite way to consume information? Oh,
3: Private podcasts by far. I listen to them every day.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, give me a glimpse of your morning routine.
3: Yeah. So I get up about four, 430 and uh, actually have a morning routine called sacred. Uh, so the acronyms stand for silence, appreciation, and asking. So just sort of asking the universe who can help me or what it, what do I need to do? D is for create. So whether it's morning pages, writing, whatever, reading is R And then E is exercise and then D is daydream. Hmm. Love
2: it. Uh, What is your go-to pump up song?
3: Oh, whatever it takes. (laughs) Do you want me to sing it?
2: (laughs) I don't know if nuns can sing that song. Uh, uh, What is something that you're not very good at?
3: Oh my gosh. I am not very good at singing.
2: (laughs) There you go.
3: <laughs> but it doesn't funny. stop me. It's
2: <laughs> funny. Um, what is the best place online for people to connect with you? Obviously, you can go to hero.fm yeah. if they want to check out the platform. But if they want to connect with you, follow your journey from the nunnery to the farm to Germany, wherever <laughs> they want to go, uh, what's the best place to do that?
3: So I, my personal site is Carla white.org and
2: it's got everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I really love the, the conversation and uh, yeah. I definitely hope people check out Hero. It sounds really, really cool.
3: Thank you.
2: Awesome.
1: That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to Travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group podcast to profit. Travis will see you there, and remember to leave every relationship better than you've found it.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the
2: ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
1: Call